In a world edging towards more and more division, you'll hear from Carlos Martinez, president and CEO of the Latino Community Foundation of Colorado, and how he and his organization are serving as an inspiring ray of hope by making connections, building capacity, and creating more unity to help hundreds of nonprofits on this episode of Making Our World Better. Welcome to the Making Our World Better podcast where you will find motivation and encouragement through lively conversations with inspirational people who every day are making our world a better place. Now, here's your host, Jay Clark. Welcome to the podcast. I am Jay Clark, and I am excited to share a conversation with Carlos Martinez, president and CEO of the Latino Community Foundation of Colorado a position he has held since January of 2014. Carlos has worked to advance different causes in the nonprofit world for nearly 30 years. He directs the foundation's efforts to expand philanthropy by Latinos, advances the foundation's vision of building the civic power of Latinos in Colorado, and oversees the foundation's work in building a vibrant narrative for the Latino community of Colorado. Can't wait to get into that. Carlos is currently on the board of the Colorado Health Foundation, and History of Colorado, and has served on the boards of the Denver Public Library Commission, Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, and Grantmakers Concern for Immigrants and Refugees. He earned a bachelor's degree from California State University before coming to Denver and served as the executive director for the Fresno Art Museum in Fresno, California. His passion for arts drives his creativity and also from time to time drives his husband crazy. I love that line. Carlos, welcome and thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Jay. I look forward to our conversation today. So to start off simple, how would you describe the Latino Foundation of Colorado to somebody that doesn't know anything about it? We're a little bit of a hybrid is what I usually start off with Mm -hmm. because we're not a true foundation um, because we don't have an endowment. So we have to raise all the money every year that we invest back into the community. We're also kind of like a thought leader. So a little bit like of a think tank as well. Awesome. Um, And then we're, we work with about 125 nonprofits throughout the year. So we're almost like a chamber for nonprofits. So we're like a little mix of, of everything, but that mix is what really allows us to be relevant, to add value and to really create impact in our communities. That's awesome. And, you know, we'll get into this. I'm sure it means you have to be super nimble to be able to react. But talk a little bit about the history of the organization. You've been there since 2014. Sure. Um, The organization just last October celebrated 15 years. Salute. Organization was created because of the lack of philanthropic investments in the Latino community. Um, Back then, there was a survey done by Hispanics and Philanthropy, which noted that um, just a little less than 1.5% of all philanthropic dollars went into Latino communities. So um, there were about 14 families here in Colorado, along with various uh, several foundations who came together and said, if we're going to really invest and really build up our Latino nonprofits, we got to do something differently. So that's how the organization was started. There was a vision for us to go ahead and become uh, our own standalone organization that really would go um, and move forward in addressing the our issues in our communities through a cultural lens 
in a way that was respectful, appropriate, and would make an impact. We were kind of like incubated under Rose Community Foundation Mm -hmm. um, so that in our earlier years, we wouldn't have to spend a lot of money around uh, the infrastructure or the administrative. And that once we got old enough, that we would go ahead and move out on our own and become our own entity. We were able to go ahead and do that and start that process in 2018. So we've been uh, for about five years now, been our own standalone uh, Latino community foundation. Only one of six standalone Latino community foundations in the entire country. So there's not very many of us. So there's a few of us. Um, And so, uh, yeah, so we're proud to have one here in Colorado. So you're breaking a lot of new ground. And that's kind of a jarring statistic to me that when you think about philanthropy, that in the the billions that goes to philanthropy, 1% at that time was was all that was going to Latinos. When you think about the demographics of that community and and the power and size, and especially here in Colorado, can you tell us a little bit about how that demographic's growing and and it really is becoming a, a powerful force in our state? Thank you for that question, because I'm going to go ahead and, and frame it through the following, because yeah. those demographics is what kind of like drives our strategy here at the organization. So here in Colorado, we're, we're one of 10 states where there's more than a million Latinos. Um, so there's about 1.2 million here in the state of Colorado, about 22% of the population. And um, estimates say that by about another 20 years, we'll be about one third of the population. Wow. So one third of every uh, Colorado will be of Latino origin. Um, and we also know that by 2045, 2050, about 45 or close to 45% of the labor force will be Latino. Wow. Um, so when we take those uh, demographics into play, and at least for me, and you know, and been doing this work for so many years now, mm-hmm. twenty years is not a long time. Twenty years will go by fast. Yep. And so I think when our work here at the foundation is informed by data, um, it's informed by how do we start putting in place the kind of opportunities that our communities need mm-hmm. to be able to to be thriving 20 years from now. Right. I think a lot of times we know it's like, oh, you know, we look at something far away and we're like, well, we'll, we'll get to it a little bit later on. We'll get to it a little bit later on. Right. And for us, it's really about how do we start right now providing the kind of leadership that our communities are going to need? How do we ensure that we have strong nonprofits um, in communities where there are where there are anchor organizations who really connect and bring communities together and allow right. for economic development, allow for good health care and wellness, allow for great education, et cetera? And how do we support communities to start learning to come together and to be able to go and create vibrant visions for the future? So when we look at our work, it's not about just about today, but it's really about how do we start preparing for tomorrow yeah. so that we can ensure that Colorado continues to thrive. You know, you guys are breaking new ground every day because this is, like you say, you're one of six. And I would I would imagine that it's, you know, if, if the Latino population is 22%, philanthropy piece of that is very disproportionate as far as how that that community is being supported. 
Yes, it is. And I think one of the big challenges, and this is where we also uh, direct a lot of our investments in, is around building the capacity of mm-hmm. leaders, building the capacity of nonprofits and of communities. Um, philanthropy tends to support a lot of our commu- a lot of our nonprofits mm-hmm. through program related dollars. Right. Um, and so what's very critical for us in, dev- in, in, in having strong nonprofits is that we have to ensure that they have great foundations right. by which to be able to grow, to expand, to take risks, to try mm-hmm. new things out. Without those kind of strong foundations, our organizations just perpetuate this constant cycle of just providing service and that's it without yeah. really being able to step back and, and looking at things more comprehensively. And so we feel that the way that we work, that way, way we invest are in ways that really help to build things up, um, not just for today, but into mm-hmm. the future, mm-hmm. um, which is really critical. I'd love to dive into that just a little deeper. So you're, you're helping build capacity. So you're, you're investing financially, but then when you talk about building capacity, that's a whole nother thing where you're helping people learn how to run a business and a nonprofit is a business. So I'd love to dive a little deeper into, into, you know, kind of the, some of the strategies and tactics you guys use to help organizations build those foundations. Sure. Um, and then I'll also share with you a little bit about how we try to do it also. Yeah. Um, Cause that's a, a challenge. Sure. But we have various um, opportunities that we provide our community. So we have um, a program called Adelante Colorado, which means to advance um, where right now we have 20 organizations, um, which we're working with them over a three year period to Phase one is really look at the leadership, the executive director of the board and build up the leadership. Mm -hmm. The second phase is to be able to audit and look at your organization and see where is it that you really want to strengthen within your organization. Then the third phase is do the work. So we're investing about $2 million um, into these organizations. Awesome. it's not just the money, Jay, also. Right. It's about really the support, the technical assistance, the support, Definitely. the guidance. It's like being on the journey with them because I think what happens a lot is that, you know, we have folks in our who are running our organizations and a lot of them have not had more like administrative training to understand. Right. I mean, anywhere from HR issues to mm-hmm. contracts to am I getting the right insurance to to a lot of other things that are critical decisions that impact you know your bottom line but also mm-hmm. can impact the culture of the organization totally. how you run it etc. So we're we're doing that. Uh, this will be the third year um, of that program. So that is one program that we do. We have another fund where we do capacity building. Um, we're just just general grants for organizations on an annual basis. Mm-hmm. And that one tends to focus more on immigrant serving organizations. Um, and right now, with the influx of a lot of immigrants coming in, a lot of our organizations mm-hmm. right now um, are being challenged by increased demand, um, et cetera. So we just um, a couple of weeks ago made some grants 
to about uh, 15 organizations awesome. uh, to be able to give them for capacitor general operating support so mm-hmm. that they can be able to to be nimble, but also pivot the way they need to right. um, in helping these communities. During COVID, um, we constantly were reaching out to our community about how can we support you? How can we help you? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that came back was, well, it would be really great if you guys created a loan fund, because mm. as we, in the past, as our communities had to pivot out of a crisis, the one thing that we don't have is access to capital. And it would be wonderful if you did that, because I mean, even though we don't know what to expect yet, because this was back in 2020, it would be wonderful if you did something like that, because that's just something that's hard for us to get is access to capital. Yeah. So we decided to go ahead and look into it. So we looked into it, we did that. And um, in a in the in uh, November of 2021, we launched uh, a communities of color loan fund. So we also now provide loans um, to nonprofits of color awesome. in the range of ten thousand to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Wow. Okay, from zero to two percent. Um, and so that's another tool that's available to them in developing their capacity. And we also meet every other month. We have a, um, a leadership roundtable where we it's done virtually because we have people from all over the state. Nice. You know, sometimes it's maybe only 30 something people. Sometimes it's 70 something people. But it's a way of coming together as a community connecting people who are doing similar work so they can learn from each other, they can share some best practices, but they can also build unity and strength among themselves as well. So those are some examples of some of the um, uh, capacity building work that we do at the organization. That's awesome. Well, and the one part that I love that must be must be really fun to be in the middle of is the whole connection piece where, you know, you're out there and you're getting to know different organizations that might never even know each other existed, but that could really create some great, um, you know, symbiotic relationships. So it must be really fun and really exciting also to to be able to connect these organizations because they can make each other better. Absolutely. And you know what, you know, um, as you're talking about that, Jay, it is wonderful when you see someone like in Steamboat Springs Mm -hmm. who is out there alone trying to do this work and then connecting with someone maybe in Denver who has a lot more experience and then coming together and saying, oh, my God. And to be able to see that kind of relationship building and connection is really great because sometimes we think we're the only ones doing something. Right. Where do we go to or whatever? So right. being able to provide that kind of forum by where people can connect becomes really critical. That is awesome. And I saw recently where I think it was in October, the all announced that you are undertaking an endowment campaign and are already, you know, enjoying some good success on that you know, that doesn't come without risk and that's, there's gotta be a lot of planning and strategy. So, you know, talk to us a little bit behind this new step that you're taking. Sure. So, you know, like I'd mentioned to you earlier, we don't have an endowment, so Mm -hmm. I'm busy raising money every year. But What happens also, I think that we've also noticed, and I've noticed over the years here is that 
you know, no ever, no two years look alike. So one year we may raise a lot more money, another year less money. Yep. But what that creates is inconsistency in how we support our communities. And if we're going to want our communities to really thrive and do well, we also have to provide a consistent level of services to our communities. Mm -hmm. So we were looking to launch uh, a smaller endowment um, right when COVID happened, actually. um, The same month that COVID hit us in 2020. We put a hold on it. and at that time, it was only going to be around $3 million. Um, but um, through 2020 and 2021, we learned more about if we're going to really have an impact long term, how much do we need to go ahead and raise to have an endowment where the foundation could be set up in perpetuity, will never go away, and right. be here for generations to come? So what would be kind of like the base level? And that base level that we came up with was $20 million. So we then um, went from three to 20, um, which is a huge jump um, in in looking at that. Um, But it will be transformational for our communities throughout Colorado. Right. In um, October, we launched the public phase of that campaign. And we were also able to tell folks that we were just at the $13 million mark. Uh, salute. That's awesome. So we're, we're moving forward. Things we are, have great steam right now. Um, it's a three-year campaign. So we're really excited about the momentum that we have um, and be able to carry that out. But I think for me, what is the most exciting piece of it is that we will be here forever. Yeah. So our community will always have a place where they can go to, where they can get support, where they can help have, you know, get support in thinking things through, but also an organization that will continue to support, to challenge and expand the mindset of our leaders in ways that really, as as I talked earlier about that 20 years will be one third, Uh that our foundation will be here for the next 20 years, supporting a vibrant vision. For when for when twenty forty three comes along, yeah. that we will be in a good space. Well, it has to be exciting to you because you basically have proof of concept that you got the work that you're doing is really valuable, needs to continue on. Mm-hmm. And kind of along those lines, do you have any favorite success stories um, of organizations that you've really lifted up or great successes? Um, that you're really proud of? Oh, definitely. I mean, there were two. I'll. I'll give you a couple of stories, but there were two organizations the year that I started here um, that weren't in the Denver metro area. They were out in rural communities and had called because they thought they were going to be closing the doors Mm. Um, because, you know, with a lot of the um, um, immigration rhetoric that was going on also at that time, um, they just were having a hard time raising funds and the demand for services kept on going up. Right. And so they reached out to us to see if there was a way that we can support them. And I think one of the things that was wonderful is that, you know, not we, we have limited resources. We were able to go ahead and, and provide them with some resources, but we were also able to get other foundations to invest in them. Awesome. Um, 
And also we were able to support them and mentor them and coach them in the way that they needed. Right now, they're thriving organizations, ah, awesome. uh, wonderful organizations. In 2014, also remember meeting with an executive director here in Denver and um, who works with a lot of uh, youth who sometimes have a hard trouble with education and so forth for many reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, said to me, you know, I just, it, it's just hard for me to to run an organization where folks don't really want to invest in the youth that we, we support. And I'm just having a hard trouble. And so we talked through, we supported them. And throughout the years, we've always been supporting that executive director. Um, and whenever there's like a hard time, it's like she calls me and she's like, Carlos, I'm having yeah. a problem, whatever. But they just, uh, it's just wonderful to see where they're at. So they have, they, at that time, they were about $150,000 organization. They're about a $1.5 million wow. organization now. Okay. And they just bought a youth retreat center wow. up in the mountains to be able to take the youth that, that uh, are expelled from school that, you know, people are thinking that, you know, you probably don't have a future or whatever, and is really supporting them and really teaching them about how to come back to their communities and give back and has this beautiful retreat center, which a lot of them have never even been up to the mountains to be able to care for them and to be able to see how we've been able to support um, organizations and leaders to take risks, to be able to elevate their leadership is just wonderful to see. Well, and I would guess that is fantastic. And I would guess another uh, that's another big piece of what you can do is you can not only provide them all those supports you need financial and, and guidance and everything else that you need to run your business. But then because you guys are so in, getting more entrenched in the community is that you can make those connections. You can you've got the credibility that if you go to somebody else and say, hey, I just got this great organization you need to learn about because I really think you would you would like to support them. That's another role that you guys can play, right? Absolutely. And let me let me share with you one thing that we did um, starting in 2021, which was very new for us, um, was a big risk. Um, but I know that, you know, inside, I knew we had to do something like this. Um, and, you know, in 2020, 2021, there was a lot of federal dollars coming into Colorado. Uh, to support communities with uh, COVID and so forth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we know that also communities of color were more disproportionately impacted by COVID. And what was happening was that a lot of those dollars were never making their way down to these mm. smaller nonprofits um, because a lot of the uh, systems within our government um, are not created for smaller organizations. Right. Uh, but yet those were the ones who were on the front line and really became kind of like that um, that that web that allowed families to have food on their table, a roof over their head, and et cetera. Um, and so I talked with our governor and I said, you know, we got to do something about this governor. And um, to make a long story short, you know, he was like, well, yes, Carlos, but any ARPA dollars has to go through our legislature. Right. And, you know, we have to do that. So I put together a coalition of nonprofits of color um, and LGBTQ. Um, we had about 100 nonprofits who came to become part wow. of this coalition. We had a steering committee. And we worked with the legislature, and last year, 
they created a $35 million fund to support Whoa. small nonprofits uh, that serve uh, communities of color, LGBT, with a focus of rural communities also, to be able to provide those kind of resources to these small organizations for not for programs, but for infrastructure and capacity wow. building, because a lot of these organizations during COVID, COVID, their infrastructure suffered. And they're trying to rebuild their infrastructures with limited resources, and we need to be able to provide them. So right. that was a huge win. That is a huge uh, win. For our communities. Um, but also for us, but it also kind of like showed the way that we can um, help our communities at large, right. even think higher or bigger of the potential that we can have. And all this is just to go in and strengthen our communities, because if if all our if all our families in Colorado are thriving, mm -hmm. Colorado is thriving. Well, that's that's so cool, because. Just think of any, you know, pick out any one of those organizations and there's there's no way they ever get word of what they're doing to the governor. No. So it's like that is that is such a cool, you know, that's that had to be one of those, you know what, this is why we're here moments, right? Oh, totally. And and for me, I have to say it was one of my best moments in, in my career. Um, in the nonprofit sector, I'm sure um, of being able to to have this kind of impact. Because I will, I will admit, I had a lot of people say that said to me, "You're never going to do this. This is never going to happen," <laughs> and and so forth. But it wasn't me. It was our community coming together. Right. And I think that was the beauty to be able to uh, to see that where we all came together and we said, "This is what we need to go ahead and do." And we'll figure it out along the way. We don't have to have all the answers in place yeah. at the beginning. We just know that if we do this, it'll create a huge impact. Well, it's, it's awesome that you could be, you know, the point guy right in the middle of all of that, which kind of leads me to what have been some bedrock leadership principles that you've leaned on over the years and, and depended on? When you find yourself in situations like this, where suddenly you're out front of a hundred different organizations leading them and breaking new ground. Well, I, I think for me, the most important thing is knowing that it's not just me. I have a co-constituency behind me um, because I, I thrive from knowing that I can make a, a difference out there in the community. Yeah. Um, and when you know that you have a whole constituency behind you that is supporting you, I think that's where I get my fuel to be the risk taker, to think differently, um, to, to connect folks to whatever I need to do is because what I'm doing is being driven by uh, a desire for the community and I'm just helping it steer it, but awesome. I'm not doing it by myself. Probably not giving yourself enough credit. That's <laughs> fantastic. But if you could go back and tell 2014 Carlos, who just took the job, one thing, what do you think that would be? So I think the one thing I got, got the one thing is believe in yourself. That's, I think, the, the, the biggest thing, because I think that, and I'll just share, you with, share with you my story around that believe in yourself, mm -hmm. as 
you know, growing up in an immigrant experience, then, you know, coming to the realization, oh, I'm gay um, and other things was like, I have everything against me. Yeah. Um, and do I really, you know, what what will my future look like? Because uh, everybody's telling me that my I won't have a bright future because of all these hurdles I will have in my life. And I think the one thing that I that I've always had was about which people have taught me, you just need to believe in yourself, believe in yourself. Great advice. Um, and that has been my advice to, to folks as well. Well, what really keeps you energized and excited for the future of, of the foundation? You know, I, I think that for the not, for the past nine years, I have realized the kind of power that a community can have when it comes together. Oh, and, that is great advice you know, again. And for me, I think now to see that unity of our community coming together is only going to propel the work of the foundation in ways that I can't even think of yet. Because, you know, we have opportunities coming to us regularly now where they never were before. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm just looking forward to seeing what else blossoms in the years to come. Well, heaven knows we all could use a little bit more unity in the world. So uh, I hope you can keep it going. And I like to wrap up with with four questions. The first is, what's something you will listen to, read, or watch today? Well, unfortunately, uh, my mom is not doing well, so I'll probably read a medical report today Mm, uh, about that. Um, So that's probably one thing that um, I will go ahead and do today. But, you know, I, I do also in the morning. And later in the evening, I'm, you know, I love news and I'm always watching to see what's going on um, in the world to just. You, you have know, to know. Yes. <laughs> You're going to be connecting all these people. You have to know. So who's been a role model for you in your success with your career? Oh, God. You know, there's been so many. But I think one of my biggest role model inspirations has been my mother. Um is that, you know, as immigrants come into a new country with very limited education, no financial resources, and constantly pushing me to be my best, I think, you know, and to see her also, you know, figure out, she learned how to drive by herself. She learned how to speak English by herself. She did everything by herself because there was just no resources where we grew up for Mm. her to access. Um, And to see how she's doing and what she's done for her children, for me, is, yeah, is incredible. Uh, As a buddy told me, we're all mama's boys, right? That's right. (laughs) So other than the Latino Community Foundation of Colorado, is there an organization out there doing great work that you really admire or would want to give a shout out to? Yeah. um, That's kind of a Sophie's Choice question, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just give me quick two. One. (laughs) Is a part uh, is a partner who we work with, which is a Colorado Health Foundation, yep. um, and they work with us very closely. And they're really taking a lot of risks in how they do their work, um, and so forth. And the other one who I served on the board for a while until I was termed out was at uh, Denver Public Libraries. Um, they really do amazing work with the limited budget they have to ensure that all Denver residents have opportunities to. Um, to learn, to uh, to connect, um, and to develop, and I think that's a one. And people of all ages, 
Lastly, if anybody listening wants to learn more about the foundation, support you, uh, get in contact you, what's the best way to find you? The best way to find me is to go to our website, which is latinocfc.org, L-A-T-I-N-O-C-F-C.org. At our website, you can go ahead and just do an info at, or you can look my name up in there for staffing and send me an email. I'm more than happy to go ahead and, and chat with you. And you'll connect them with somebody, right? Exactly. <laughs> Carlos, thanks so much. I'm I'm super inspired, super impressed. See great things on your future and uh, good luck. Thanks a lot, Jay. Thanks for listening. And I hope you are as impressed as I am by Carlos and his work in elevating and uniting our community. This podcast has been brought to you by JC Charity Services. We help build great organizations. And if you're interested in how we might be able to bolster your efforts, you can find us at makingourworldbetter.com. To learn more about the Latino Community Foundation of Colorado, visit latinocfc.org and find them on social media. Check the show notes for links. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd be grateful if you'd share it with a friend. Until next time, I hope you're inspired to find a way to make our world better. Music.